Why are we seeing so much shaking? How many of you know we are seeing shaking in this earth right now? We're seeing it around the world. Why? What is the meaning of this? What is the purpose for all of this shaking that is going on? So we're going to read in Hebrews chapter 12. Stay there in your Bibles. I'm going to go down to verse 26. And I want to give you the verses about the shaking. Then we're going to start back at verse 1. Holy Spirit, this is yours. I've just stepped in the place that you asked me to speak and step into. God, this is your sermon. You know exactly what you want to say. Use me as a vessel. Don't let me say one word short of what you want to say and not one word more than you want me to say. I ask you that with pinpoint accuracy, you will touch down into the crevices of people's hearts who are struggling or discouraged or confused, who are just giving up or who feel like this world, like there's no hope for this world or this country. I pray, God, that you will give them the, the real truth, the biblical truth, not fake news, not something that you can't count on, but give them something that they can count on. Let the word of God speak this morning. Hallelujah. Let the word of God say what commentators are never going to say. Let the word of God say what the news commentators will never tell us. Let the word of God say what the headlines are not going to say. Give us heaven's narrative today. Hallelujah. Give us heaven's narrative. What is going on? Give us truth from heaven that our hearts can be settled in a troublesome world. And for all of this, we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. So I want to start in verse 26 and read to you two verses, and then we're going to go back into verse 1 and take you all the way down. Verse 26 kind of sets the stage. It summarizes the end of this message that the Lord is sending to us through the writer of Hebrews in chapter 12. Now, you have to remember the Hebrews 12 comes on the end of Hebrews 11, the hall of faith chapter in the Bible. And so as we begin this chapter 12 journey, it's summarized at the end with these words in verse 26. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, yet once more. Everybody say, yet once more. Yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now, we know what it looks like when God is shaking the earth. But do we know what it looks like when God starts shaking the heavens? And that is his promise. Look at this. Now this, verse 27, yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of the things which are made that, here's the purpose, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. God is moving something out of the way so he can introduce something else. God is getting distractions out of the way because he has another agenda. And can I tell you, you're not going to hear this narrative on the news. You're not going to read this narrative on Facebook. 
You're not, this is God's narrative. This is the real story of what is going on right now on planet Earth. It is much bigger than pandemics. It is much bigger than disease. It is much bigger than polarization of, of political parties. It is much bigger than government chaos. It is much bigger than, than insecurity in the marketplace. It is much bigger than all of those things. Oh, that's what it looks like on the surface. But I'm telling you, God is writing this story. You're going to hear a hundred narratives and you're going to hear a million conspiracy theories. But I'm telling you, there is one truth in all of this. And God is the one writing this truth. And this is the story he's telling us today. I just want to say thank you to all of our ministry partners who help us take the gospel around the world and train pastors and leaders around the world. Because of you, we have been able to do so much for the kingdom and expand the kingdom of God. Uh, I was able to train over 5,000 church planters just in the country of India alone. We've worked all through Africa as well as Europe. Uh, every year I go to Romania and train pastors and we've trained hundreds of pastors there in, in Romania. We've graduated over 3,000 pastors from programs, certificate programs, just in Central America. Uh, our teams and our, the young men and women that I've taken on the field with me, numerous uh, young ministers who I just want to give them experience and, and uh, help them to get their feet wet in ministry. We have gone around the world spreading the gospel and none of this is possible without you. I just want to say thank you for your continued support, whether it's a one-time donation of any size or whether it is a, a monthly donation that you've decided to partner with us uh, monthly. I just want to say thank you for that. And for those of you that are looking for ways to give to this ministry, because it is a good seed to sow in and we're doing things around the world, here's a screen that would tell you some easy ways that you can give to this ministry. But once again, I just say thank you from the bottom of my heart and from all of those lives that you are changing. It is my honor to be your ambassador to the world. I believe with all of my heart and almost everywhere I preach, I have to say this prophetically because I believe with all of my heart that we are getting ready for the greatest kingdom encounter of our lifetime. I believe that we are getting ready for a revival that is about to sweep the earth. Our sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Our young men are going to are going to see visions. Our old men are going to dream dreams on the hand maidens and men servants God is about to pour out of his spirit and it ends this way and all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved we are getting ready to see a revival of salvation that is unprecedented in history unlike anything we've ever seen this revival will not be will not be fueled by anointing it will not be fueled by anointing you see anointing depends upon men and women 
Anointing depends upon the willingness of a vessel. This next revival that comes will have, it will not be fueled by the anointing. It will be fueled by glory. And there is a difference. The anointing drains you, but the glory empowers you. When you spend an hour in the anointing, you go home tired and have to take a nap and wipe the sweat from your brow. But when you spend an hour in glory, your batteries are charged. You can run through a troop and leap over a wall, and you can't wait to get back in the glory. You can't stay in the anointing but one or two hours at a time, and it wears you out because it takes the strength of men, and it depends upon the giftedness and the yieldedness of men. But this revival will not be leaning upon the anointing or the vessels or broken vessels or what God has had to lean upon. No, in this next move of God, he's going to do it all by himself. And when the glory comes down, you can sit in the glory for hours. You can sit in the glory all night long and still not want to go home. In the glory, people come and get saved before an altar call is given. In the glory, people get healed without anybody even laying their hands on them. In the glory, miracles happen and no preacher can get the credit because he never touched anybody. He never said anything. He never did anything. The glory is when God comes down and does it all by himself. The glory is when God preaches the sermon and God gives the altar call and God holds the prayer line and God draws sinners from around the world. I'm telling you young people, you need to get ready because he's coming for you. That's the promise. This is going to be a revival that's after our sons and our daughters. Some of us, we've had revival. We've seen the big moves of God. We've had a prayer line. I'm telling you, I've had enough oil slapped on my head to crank a bus. You don't need to give me another revival. I've had revival. As for me and my house, we're going to heaven. Me and my redhead, we made up our, we made up our mind a long time ago. We're going to heaven. You don't have to convince me anymore. You don't have to sing my songs anymore. I can, I've got a, I've got iTunes. I can play my songs anytime I want. I can dance in my house. You don't have to appease me. I'm not a baby. You don't have to give me a spiritual pacifier or milk anymore. I've decided a long time ago, I'm going to heaven. No turning back. No turning back. Oh no, this next move of God is not coming for me. He's not coming for old time religion. Old time religion's already got us there. He's coming with a new move, a new wave, a new song, a new feel. He's coming for you. He's coming for teenagers all around this world. And he's going to draw them in from the north, the south, and the east, and the west. We're not even going to know what to call it. We're not even going to know how to handle it. You think COVID have no playbook. You wait till revival gets here. Revival has no playbook. The preachers won't know what to say. The singers won't know what to sing. And guess what? You don't even need to worry about it. God is going to do it all by himself. He's going to show up and we're going to rewrite the story of God because God is getting us ready for what he has ready for us. The trumpet of revival has already sounded in heaven. The angels of revival have already been dispersed from heaven. 
heaven. The winds of revival have already been blown by the Ruach of the Holy Spirit. It's already here, but God has to get us ready. God has to make us prepared. God has to preserve the remnant so that we can see revival. So in order for this to happen, there is something that we don't like to talk about that we have to do. We have to endure. 